welcome to the Tight On Entry Racing Podcast, the fastest growing NASCAR related podcast on Spotify. I'm your host, John. And I'm your co-host, Alex. Last weekend, William Byron won the Dixie Vodka 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway. Tyler Reddick finished runner-up while Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, and Kevin Harvick all rounded out the top five. Michael McDowell kept his top 10 streak alive in Miami, while points leader Denny Hamlin battled back from a late penalty to finish 11th. So we've had three different winners in the first three races. Are they all surprise winners? That's a a pretty given statement, I feel like. Um, William Byron is definitely a surprise (laughs) this week to come in. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting him to have such a dominant showing. He had a pretty good showing here at Homestead. And I think he's given some life finally to the the Chevy camp. <laughs> I, we were just trash talking it last week and we were like, you know, William Byron's always hit or miss. Bowman's always takes a while to get hot. And then who else did you really have in the Chevy camp besides them? Chase Elliott and, and Kyle, Larson. Kyle Larson. So and, I think the big thing here is that Hendrick seems to have speed and they seem to have real speed. I mean, you had Kyle Larson, you had William Byron um, in the top 10. It was, was there any other Hendrick drivers in the top 10? Um, I want to say Bowman was like 10th or 11th. I don't remember. Yeah, he was right around there. Let's take a look real quick. Uh, Yeah, I think he was 10th. William Byron was in the top 10. Kyle Larson was in the top 10. Bowman finished 9th. Yeah, so he had three guys in the top 10 with Chase nowhere to be found. Chase was in 14th, chilling back there. But So you had three (laughs) Hendrick cars in the top 10. I think that's indicative that, you know, Hendrick finally found a little bit of speed in the last year that this car is being run, Uh, which is quite funny, actually. But... (laughs) Uh, so Hendrick might actually have something so that that could shake up the entire playoff picture. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but William By- Byron winning after Michael McDowell won and Christopher Bell won. Could anyone have predicted the first three winners would be Michael McDowell, Christopher Bell and William Byron? I don't think anybody could have predicted that. And I feel like it's pretty indicative of how this is going to be such an underdog year. I feel like, like you have the first three weeks and you instantly have like, the kings of like NASCAR not really showing up too much yet. I mean, Kevin Harvick had a top five finish. Truex is in there as well. So, you know, you've had your usuals up there, but they're not getting the job done just yet. And no one would have predicted this, right? This is like insane. I'm kind of excited for it. I kind of like when the underdogs win a lot. Like, as a fan, it's fun to see. As a fantasy player, it's not fun to see. (laughs) Yeah, we have been freaking hammered. We are getting hammered out here. But uh, we'll get it. I I have a plan this week, Alex, and we'll talk about that later. But um, I know you're a little skeptical. But I've got something brewing. Yeah, and I'm excited to hear. I might have to piggyback off you if I like it. Yeah. My my lineup's all over the place right now. I haven't even finalized it yet. I'm still, like, bouncing back and forth. You know, I set mine on Wednesday, and I haven't touched it. That's how confident I am. <laughs> I am that confident. But I'm glad to hear it. For, you know, Homestead Miami was our first mile-and-a-half track of the season. And while my, Homestead's not a great indicator because it's a very, you know, different track than the other mile-and-a-half, it's not a cookie-cutter. Um, yeah. It, it's not indicative, but it did expose some flaws in some other camps. Um, you know, Truex had a good race, but besides mm-hmm. him, the first, the next Toyota was Kyle Busch in 10th. Um, I know Hamlin ran into some late issues with a, a penalty and was able yeah, to battle back for 11th. Stop. Yeah, with yeah, a speeding the penalty. too fast. But then after Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin in 10th and 11th, we had former race winner, or sorry, former 
I guess, yeah, he won a race this season. Christopher Bell finished 20th. Bubba Wallace finished 22nd. Um, and I understand there's only five Toyotas, so it's kind of hard to judge where they're at. But do they have the same speed that they had last year? And I'm not sure. Based on what I saw at Homestead, it didn't seem like any of those cars were dominant at any point in the race. Um, you know, I mean, I think, I think Denny had a really, really strong showing, and I thought his car was very dominant. He just got unfortunate with many things that happened to him, whether it was entering the pits too fast. Because when even when he entered the pits too fast and he started in the back, he still finished what like fifteenth, sixteenth, somewhere around there. Overall, he finished eleventh. Like, yeah, like, he shot all the way back up. He moved, like, 30 spots in those last, like, 40 laps where he got that um, entering the pits too fast penalty. Yeah. So, like, I think Denny had a really dominant car, and he just got a little stroke of bad luck. Truex looked good, but I think you're right. It's like, he didn't look dominant at all. There was, like, no point in that race where I thought a Toyota was actually going to come in and kind of wreak havoc a little bit. It was pretty much just, like, moving around the pack. I think if Denny never got that speed penalty, he definitely would have been given Byron and the front pack a run for their money. I think he had a really good car last weekend. Yeah, I think uh, I think the thing with Denny is it just seemed like he was struggling to get through traffic a little bit. Um, in that last run, after, you know, he had that speeding penalty, he did make up a, a good deal of positions, but for a while he was mired down in 17th and 18th um, mm-hmm. until... Like really, the tires start coming off everybody's everybody's hot rods. Everybody start, you know, wearing those tires. Denny was able to make up more ground then, but it seemed like he was mired down in those 15, 16th spots for a while. Um, and you know, it looked like he was going to be able to snag a top ten from Kyle Busch at the end. There wasn't able to get it done. But besides maybe Denny Hamlin, it didn't look like the Toyotas had real speed. Um, and you know, okay, we look at the mile and a half kings, we think. Martin Truex, we think Kevin Harvick, we think Denny Hamlin, and I understand Truex and Harvick had top five finishes, but neither one of them really looked like they were ever contending for that win. Mm-hmm. And that's that's definitely surprising in that first mile and a half race of the season, especially because William Byron's the one who got the win done. Uh, yeah, and he had a dominant car. Yeah. <laughs> and, like. So, so it almost feels like a little bit of a changing of the guard this season, or at least this early when we have three surprise winners in three straight races at the beginning of the year. And there's three very different formats or very different track formats or layouts, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I almost wonder when we go to a short track, are we going to get another surprise winner? Like, should we just start expecting these? I don't know. It's a, I don't know. That's a good idea good question to bring up it yeah. definitely seems like toyota is lacking in their in their car development right now for these races and <clears throat> i think they're gonna bounce back really quickly i'm kind of hoping they do um just because i mean yeah they had when i'm looking at this top 10 here it's it's truex is the only no kyle bush is in 10th yeah. so there's two toyotas in the top 10 where everything else is ford and chevy dominant <clears throat> for the top 10 and it really i think you bring that question in perfectly where it's like does toyota have what it takes still and obviously they do it's just they're having a little bit harder time right now i feel like actually getting this car underneath them and having something good go good for them and it, it is hard to say because we are just three <clears throat> races into the season and only one mile and a half and denny hamlin is still leading the points 
but mm-hmm. um, it's just not the dominance I think we were expecting. You know, if we look at the point standings right now, Truex is in ninth. Uh, while Denny Hamlin's leading the points and Christopher Bell is in seventh, Truex is in ninth, and Kyle Busch isn't even in the top 16 right now. So, I mean, th- that's pretty big. We have the <laughs> 2019 champion not even in the top 16 of the points right now. Yeah. The top 16 is very interesting, too, when you look at it as a oh, whole. Oh, for sure. And you see... And you see the people that are actually in it, and you're like, are we sure this is accurate? Are we sure we're still in the season yeah. that we are? Like, did these guys just fall off the face of the earth? What's going on here? Michael McDowell <laughs> is fourth in the points. Yeah, he is He's killing lighting it. it. He's, He's lighting, lighting it up. It up. <laughs> he is grease lightning. Get get him the freaking, you know, the Cars theme, whatever you want. What's it called? Lightning McQueen? Yeah, Lightning, lightning McQueen, McDowell. Yeah. This is Lightning McDowell. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning like, McDowell coming Someone in, please make that edit. And, you know, we just came up with the name of the podcast, Lightning McDowell. <laughs> uh, Michael McDowell logged another top 10 finish. That's three in a row. You were mocking me last week. You said no way. Like uh, at, That was towards the end okay, of our podcast, yes. too. Yes, I did mock him, but then I also ended it off with, he has to show me what he can do at Homestead for me to actually be, like, shocked by him. And, well, he shut my ass up. <laughs> Yeah, he did it. <laughs> he came in. He moved up two spots in the points from that too. He went from sixth to fourth, yep. um, and he's just in that top five of points. And it's, I'm actually really happy for him. You know, he like is really exploded on in the scene. I really like it. It's good for the sport to have a guy like McDowell. He's decently old too, isn't he? Uh, uh, you want to look at that I'm doing it too, but I'm pretty sure he's like, yeah, he's 36 years old. So hey, they say your peaks around thirty-eight or thirty-nine. So I mean, just look at Harvick. Yeah, that's a whole different animal. <laughs> uh, but you know, not only is he just fourth in points, he is two points behind Joey Logano in third. And only Joey Logano really screwed himself this race too. Oh, absolutely. To not get any points, but to be just two points behind Joey Logano, who's a very established racer. That's yeah, it's like insane for him and for that team. And. Michael McDowell is just one of two drivers rocking three top tens right now. The other being Harvick, obviously. Um, so Harvick and Michael McDowell are the only two drivers in the field right now that have top ten streaks lasting the entire season. We're only Ooh. three races in, but still, you know, to put yourself in the conversation of a of a Kevin Harvick and Michael Mc, like, or put yourself in the conversation of Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin, that's pretty impressive. If you're behind Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Logano in the points, and that's it, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Yeah, I really hope he just doesn't fall off. Like, I want to ride the McDowell train, but, you know, it's pretty jarring to look at his career stats when you look at those career stats and see, like... At Las Vegas, <clears> I was talking. Yeah, and I was talking to my dad, too. Like, overall, like, in 2017, he had, like, one top 10 of the entire 36 races, and it's, like... You see his whole career numbers, and you're like, dude, where was this the whole time? Are you just on a really good hot streak? Are you actually finally having a crew and a car behind you? There's still a lot of moving parts in it, but man, I do want to ride the Lightning McDowell train. The Lightning McDowell train is has left the station officially, and if you're not on board, you're going to get left behind. Um, but you know what was interesting about his post-race comments is... Uh, the reporter asked him, like, hey, like, were you doing anything different out there? And he said, no. Like, I was driving the car the same way I always have driven the car. Um, so the question there goes, okay, are they making faster cars? Or 
is he just that confident right now? Like, is that confidence like boosting his performance? Because you know, as an athlete, you you know how that works. You know how much confidence can improve you just based on you know that psychological state where you're just in that zone. Uh, so, mm-hmm. is he in a zone? Are they giving him better equipment? Is it a little bit of both? And- I would honestly say it's kind of more like him being in the zone i want to say i don't think the team is really doing anything different and putting up more money or anything like that i mean he did get some money boost from winning the 500 and all but i think he like finally has the confidence of like hanging with the big boys and it's really improving his racing overall so the only problem now is that we do head to a rough track for michael mcdowell oh yeah uh, over the last <laughs> 10 track. starts at las vegas he has an average finish of 29.7 and no top 10s, no fo- top 5s, and no laps led. Um, he, he's Didn't a, I also oh, sorry, say this for Homestead, led, though? But, um, you did. You did. I've said he was pretty bad at Homestead. <laughs> yeah, but you know the highest finish in the last 10 races here was 18th. That was back in 2017 when he was still driving for Levine Family Racing. I'm not saying he can't get it done, but he, you know, I think last week you were saying, okay, this is the week I'm going to really decide on Mike McDowell. For me, this is this week. Like, yeah. I could kind of ride on, like, Homestead being kind of like an outlier, and, you know, I could see some surprises at Homestead, but Las mm-hmm. Vegas, it is a cookie-cutter mile-and-a-half track. It's, you know, it's going to be a big challenge for this team to compete with the top 10 teams in the sport um, as they head to a mile and a half oval that has a lot of wear, you know, so you're going to see some tire failures. You're going to see some, some drivers smack the wall. Um, And in general, you're just going to see an outright, you know, mile and a half race. Like that's just what Las Vegas is and what it brings. So I don't know. What do you think? Can he get it done this week too? Like, I feel like I'm in limbo. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm in a McDowell limbo of it's kind of coming down to like my heart is on the McDowell train and I think he can get it done. But I said it earlier too, like just a few minutes ago about his statistics, right? And Las Vegas is pretty bad for him. His whole career is not that stellar. It's one of those things where it's like, I want to believe in him, but just when you're looking at the statistics, you're like, he can't get it done. So in the end, I feel like he, I feel like he'll get like a top like 20 finish. I think he'll be like 17th or 18th this weekend. I feel like he's going to pump the brakes a little bit and not be super stellar again and watch. He'll get another win on Las Vegas as I say this, but I think he'll be like somewhere near the tail end of the top 20. Um, and then he's going to slowly fizzle out after that and then slowly fade into the point values. Obviously, he'll still make the playoffs because he won, but I think he's just going to fizzle out eventually over time. That being said, since the pandemic has really started and kicked off and NASCAR had its high, like short hiatus, um, mm-hmm. I've kind of changed how I think about NASCAR, or at least how I changed how I think about fantasy last season, and I'm kind of rethinking it again this year but we'll get into that um but i've kind of had to rethink how we look at stats because i I realized quickly after the pandemic happened that you can't really look at these stats with a lot of certainty because you know the top teams don't have as much practice time 
Um, there's more reliance on the driver and his ability over the car's ability. And I've kind of adopted this mentality where it's like, okay, what have you done for me recently? Um, and coming off his first three top tens, probably that's probably the best streak of his career, if I had to guess. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of want to just roll with him. I'm not going to put him in my fantasy lineup. Um, We'll talk about that later. But uh, I think he can get a top 15 at Las Vegas. And for me, that would be a win for him. Um, That would definitely be a win for him. Just because his statistics otherwise are not good. Just get some points, you know. Just get some points on the stages. Keep yourself in that top five point range. Keep the confidence level up. And he'll be fine. If but. if Logano has a week like he had this week, you know, Mike McDowell's in the top three in the points, like <laughs> realistically, which is just ridiculous. Um, I don't, th- I don't know if Logano real. actually will though. Isn't Logano like really good at Vegas at least fantasy points? That's wise. what we said about Homestead though. Yeah, we said the same thing, too. and he blew and up. And I think you're, Not I think you're up, right literally. on that. I think you're right on that assessment is where. These teams, these big dogs, they really struggle with that of practice and qualifying. And I get it, right? You know, you're trying to break people apart for COVID. You're saving money. You're only using one car, all these things. But these teams are struggling to not have that. And they're obviously struggling this hard in the first few races because they're still trying to learn their their car and how to drive it and adjust during a race something they don't really ever have to like obviously they adjust but it's something not to this degree that they've ever done in their career before besides finishing out last year i mean if we take an example right kyle bush last year was pretty mediocre (laughs) like he wasn't good at all until the tail end of the season where he started getting knocked out of the points and stuff and couldn't make it to the final 12 or 8 wherever he was trying to get into and his car actually started racing pretty well and I think he finally adjusted to having to use the car in the race and figure out what made it work and then hammer in like the last 150 laps or something Yeah. and I think those drivers are just going to take a little bit more time and they're going to adjust pretty quickly I think very soon in the next few races maybe after we do this West Coast sweep um, you'll start to see those teams once again pick up and be like okay this is our game plan every week this is what we're going to do and we'll start to see those those guys come out once again yeah i i think you're definitely um right and i didn't even realize that this is a west coast little swing here because we'll be at phoenix next week mm-hmm. um and then we should be no we're, at... go- no, we're going back east after that oh wow i thought we would be going to a california or something now nah, we head over to atlanta for the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 Ooh, on March 21st. I love Atlanta. We'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, great track. Uh, but, you know, another guy I want to talk about, and I don't know if it's similar to a Michael McDowell story, but Daniel Suarez. Um, Heck yeah, I just, baby. Uh, how could I, like, I know we, we've talked about him last week, but, like, how could we not talk about him again? He logged that top 15 finish. He's exciting to watch right now. <laughs> it looked He's like very a little exciting. bit there. For a little bit there, it looked like he was going to be able to squeak into the top 10. Um, mm-hmm. He was running fast at the end of that race. I think he had a little bit of a you know mistake in the closing laps, and he lost a few spots. But he moved up to 22nd in the points now. And that's after wrecking out of Daytona in lap 15. And he's ahead of guys like Ryan Blaney, Eric Almarola, Chase Briscoe, Tyler Reddick, Eric Jones, um, Matt DiBenedetto. 
So he's ahead of quality cars, and he's still moving his way up the lineup, and I think he'll be in the top 20 after this week. It must be that Pitbull engineering, dude. Dude. It has to be, right? Like, I I got no other no other reason. Worldwide. I mean, Daniel Suarez has always been good. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide engineering is what is powering <laughs> track house racing. So, I don't know. I'm super excited because I have Mr. Lightning McDowell over here, and I also have Daniel Suarez to watch every mm-hmm. freaking race. Um, and it, it's just fun to watch those guys right now. Like, it was also fun to watch Tyler Reddick that last race too in the final laps. He, I know you weren't riding the Reddick train and I really should have freaking played him in fantasy and I never did. And he was hauling me a little bit. He was yeah. hauling, but he looked like a freaking hot tamale on fire. If he had even like five more laps, he was catching Byron. And I fully believe that. <laughs> Dude, it it was ridiculous how fast he was moving up there. Like he was making yeah. up like a second a lap on Truex and Larson, which is just which is insane. Ins- I know, dude. He was really just moving, using that high line aggressive. He lo- he was just like moving up to Kyle Larson. He was like, I'm going to show you how to really do the high line. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's always like Larson's move, right? It's always going up the high line. And Tyler Reddick was like, see you later. I'm out of here. And-, and zoomed to second place. And yeah, he drove around Kyle Larson in his own line. And it looked like he was the only one on the track that could even remotely get that high line to work like that. At least this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. maybe an early favorite for the Bristol Dirt Race. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, realistically, we look at these points and we look at who the winners are of the season. This could be the first year ever that we have 16 or more winners in the Cup Series. Like It could be, right? Yeah. Okay. We already have three people that you didn't expect to. And then, you know, you have like at least have 10 drivers. Yeah, you have at least 10 that are regulars, and then what else are you going to do after that? That already brings out to 13. So, so, we have three already, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say we get Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, okay. Joey yeah. Logano, Chase Elliott. Uh, can we count Kurt Busch for a win? No. Okay. I mean, maybe. So, we'll, just, depends. we'll just leave him out for now. Kyle Larson's going to get a win. He's been running too well to not get a win right now. Uh, yeah. Truex will get a win. Kislowski will get a win. Uh, Kyle Busch will get a win. I'm calling it. I'm taking my shot He's here. He's going to. He's going to. I think, you know, I just said it. Tyler Reddick, early favorite for the Bristol Dirt Race. I think he's been running too well. Um, He's he's going to get that win soon. So can we put him down? Yeah, we'll put him down. Okay. I'm on the Reddick train. I was on it last week. Ryan Blaney will get a win at some point. Mm-hmm. Whether it's on Talladega like, or... We're ready up to 13. Like, okay. <laughs> Uh, that's insane right and those except for maybe like Reddick and uh, who else you know basically besides Reddick those all felt like no brainers mm, they really did um, and who else would be a no-brainer? I didn't even I didn't say Bowman I didn't say yeah Bowman I think is gonna win Bowman's gonna win this year okay let's go Bowman um, 14 I didn't say Austin Dillon he always seems to freaking snag a win somewhere I think um, Eric Almarola is a good contender for a win here in this yeah, year. Yeah, I didn't say Almarola, so that's 15. Um, My boy Daniel Suarez might get a win. So mm-hmm. <laughs> regardless, you know, if those no-brainers hit, we're at least at 13 winners this season. <laughs> which which is, is just nuts. Insane. And obviously not every one of those drivers will actually win because, I don't know, it's just it's a hard sport to win in. 
but you know, I didn't say Therese Briscoe. You know, mm. he's probably, been kind of struggling a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but it's it's hard for these rookies at these in these heavier cars, and um, you know, we haven't really seen a rookie in a while take off right off the start, but. Yeah, that's true. I don't think we can count him out. He was just too dominant in the Xfinity series last year um, to count out right now. Um, and I think he'll get his wheels under him a little bit. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's just got to adjust really quickly. I mean, you said, too, it's very hard to to gauge off um, like a rookie season in general. Very yeah. hard to judge them based on that. So, so looking ahead, uh, you know, power rankings. Episode one of the Tight on Entry Racing podcast, we talked oh, about our gotta, top four power rankings. We got to go back to that already in week three. It yep. feels like it's been months, okay. and it's only it, been three weeks. And that's why we have to go back. <laughs> that is just why. So uh, if you didn't listen to our first episode, make sure you go back and listen to it before we get to this segment. But last time we talked, Alex, you had Denny, Chase, Logano, and Kyle Busch in your top four. I had was Larson. It Denny, Chase, Kyle, and who? And Logano. I mean, I I had okay. Larson, Truex, Brad Keselowski, and Chase Elliott. I feel I'm, like we're really not that far off. I'm still confident in mine, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, if I had to change, I'm I'm gonna roll with mine for now. Uh, I'm gonna I'm change one. I'm gonna change Ooh, one though. We gotta change. Uh, I'm gonna drop Brad Keselowski. Yeah. Um, he's just uh, just we're just gonna drop him, okay? And uh, I'm going to pick up, I don't know why I didn't have Carvick in my final four or Hamlin. I think I was trying to be ballsy, so I'm going to have to pick up <laughs> one of those two. And I'm just going to, I'm going to slip Harvick in there. So I'm going to go okay. Larson, Truex, Harvick and, Harvick, and Chase Elliott for my final four. No, that's an interesting final four. I feel like they're all big contenders, but at the same time, you know, it's like... Having Larson in your four is just crazy to me, too. But I feel like he can get the job done. Yeah, I mean, if I were you, I would drop Kyle Busch right now, but that's just me. I mean, I could also drop Logano right now, too. <laughs> Based yeah. on his performances so far. Yeah, they, at, yeah. least Kyle, at least Kyle Busch has been racing better. Uh, You know, his 18th well, standing in the points would say otherwise, yeah. but that's just, uh, it's not great. I mean, Logano at least is third in the points. Yeah, I feel like Logano's just been able to be in certain spots in the early stages, and then he just ends horribly, and Kyle Busch has been able to at least finish somewhat well, but his stages have been poo-poo. Yeah. So. But, okay, so th- those are our new locked-in Final Fours, though? Well, yeah, I'm just going to keep mine. didn't really change. Okay, I'm going to change one driver. Um, I'll call that my, you know, one mistake. I gotta stick to my guns, you know. Otherwise, you know, they always tell you not to second guess. So you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta stay. You gonna with stick the... with that your entire yeah entire season? Yeah. Has Until you... Logano really or Kyle Busch shows me otherwise, but I think the other two are fine. Have you changed your championship favorite though? Because you you did say Denny. Uh, I think Denny's still my favorite. Yeah. Okay. He, I mean, he's <clears throat> hasn't won anything yet, but he's getting the points where he needs to and he understands how this format works so where he just get the points three races in i feel even more confident with my chase Elliott pick um for him for, winning it for the championship yep and, and you gonna elaborate for me yeah th- three weeks in he's fifth <laughs> in the points mm-hmm. and you know he kind of butchered 
the Daytona Roval, but up until his late mistake or late couple mistakes, he was dominating that race and was probably going to win it. Um, yeah. So take that away, and he's still fifth in the points. He's still going to win most of the rest of the road courses, road courses um, and he's going to pick up wins all other places. A championship race is at Phoenix still. We head to Phoenix in two weeks, so that'll be a little bit preview. Um, so I'm going to keep rolling with him. I I feel more confident than I did two weeks ago. I How bad does that hurt you to say that? It, it you know, it's like it's like that that inner dilemma because I want to be right, but I also really, really want to be wrong. Because <laughs> you're not a fan of Elliot, so... No, but as the analyst here, my unbiased opinion... <laughs> gotta roll with him i'm gonna you know take being right over my heart um but i hope you're right with your denny pick yeah you know? right it's it's easy for me to do because i don't have any ties with denny and you're obviously trying to play it safe like play obviously my heart's like i'm trying Alex to play it right boy <laughs> i'm trying to play well, it you right would be a, you would be a good analysis um, thank you just you know taking away your uh, personal vendettas against drivers well <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Um, I mean, I don't have Logano in my top four, but whatever. But uh, mm. if I had to, if I had to play by my heart, I would have Lightning Dal winning the championship. Oh yes, of um, course. Or or Mr. Worldwide Daniel Suarez in the top four. <laughs> um, how freaking wild would it be if any either one of them made it to like the final? If eight? just if both of them even make it to the final eight, I'm gonna like just come back and re-listen to these episodes like five times and just be like, I can't believe we, this kid called like, them. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. I, I, don't, I don't. I just want to look at the betting odds. So, NASCAR betting odds. For oh, betting odds for, the, for them to win the championship. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if okay. they do for the Final Four. They probably do, but... I um, think they do. I think like, that's an early lock-in pick you can do. I mean, if you can do it in every other freaking sport betting. You can just be like, here's your championship winner. And when the first month starts, you do it for the Super Bowl. Yeah, but like, this isn't the NFL, boy. Yeah, it's a better sport. NASCAR. NASCAR. <laughs> okay, so, betting odds for the championship. Damn, they don't even have them freaking listed. Unfortunate. Uh, we'll revisit this. We'll post this on Twitter, so make sure you guys check out our Twitter feed uh, at Entry Tight on Twitter, where we will be posting the betting odds on Michael McDowell and Daniel Suarez for winning the championship. I bet you they're like plus 30,000. They have to be. There's no way. I would say, yeah, in that range, like maybe plus 25,000 or something. Something But even then, that's a little... Even then, that's a little too low. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that means you only win 300 bucks for a $1 bet at 30,000. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is... I feel like they should be plus like eighty or plus ninety, but I bet you that win brought McDowell's stock down a shit ton. Oh, it had to have brought him down. Yeah. So I'm I'm saying that plus thirty thousand range, but um, we will definitely check that out. I mean, okay, if you bet a dollar and win three hundred, that's still <laughs> maybe it's worth just throwing a dollar down and just seeing what happens. <laughs> Might as well. I mean, it's just like one of those gambles. It's just so worth it if it pays off. Obviously don't think it's going to pay off as an analyst do not place money um on that based on my expertise or lack thereof yeah, that, that's a that's a heart pick don't do it yeah don't do it just kidding alex we're gonna do this on the side dude 
<laughs> or uh, start our own betting ring. Um, NASCAR news this week. Denny Hamlin called out NASCAR for unapproved adjustment um, on their ECU. Did you see that at all? I did not, actually. I must have been under a rock this week. So, I didn't see Denny come at anybody. He didn't really call them out. He did. He did call them out. Let's see if he even deleted it. It's on Twitter. Um, oh, it's still here. So, someone tweeted at Denny Hamlin. Duke underscore Cannon tweeted, Do you, Did you purposely make unapproved adjustments before the race asking for a friend? Um, and Denny <laughs> said, Funny story, ECUs get sent to NASCAR over the winter so that they can lock them. That basically means that NASCAR takes the ECUs um, so teams can't tamper with them when the season yeah. begins and basically create more power. He goes, we managed to get one back that they didn't lock. So NASCAR essentially gave them an ECU that they didn't actually lock. Um, so NASCAR's mistake. And he says, it's up to us to double check to make sure they're locked. We didn't double check. So when they told us pre-race that we need to lock it, it was an unapproved adjustment. What huh. kind of bullshit is that? That really is. It's once again NASCAR is making up their own rules as the sport goes on. <laughs> yeah, we're getting to that gray zone again. Like, I okay, so this is essentially a police officer, you know, losing his gun or forgetting his gun in your house, and then yeah. coming back and charging you with possession of that firearm because he yeah, forgot it in your house. Firearm. Like that's basically what <laughs> what just happened. Um, and as a Denny, Han, Denny Hamlin fan, I'm a little butthurt about it, but that's just like, it's just so dumb. Like, are you serious, NASCAR? Like, how are how is that unapproved if you're literally mandating that they have to change it? Because to me, that's not unapproved. If you're saying I have to change something and watching me do it, I don't understand how could that, that could possibly be unapproved. It's, it's really frustrating seeing stuff like this happen constantly in NASCAR. And it makes you wonder, like, why the hell is nobody in the higher-up position really decided to, like, lock down a rule book and follow it to a T? Why is there so much gray zone? Why does Danny have to go through that? Yeah, what like, the... It like, it just... Ugh. It doesn't make any sense why they have to constantly do this. I, I can't... Ugh. I almost just cussed hard, and I apologize for our listeners. <laughs> um, but seriously... keep a family what? show here. Yeah, dude family this is the freaking disney oh nope we're gonna get freaking sued here uh lightning mcqueen mcdowell uh <laughs> anyway yeah but it's just like come on like why like just that dumb gray area that we talked about last week make sure you go listen to the podcast uh that just hits us again and it's just like it's just i don't know it's just annoying like i'm surprised denny kind of called them out a little bit because uh, he might get a fine for that one, but who knows? Oh, I don't think Denny cares. He's ranking in team owner money now. You think he oh, cares yeah. about a fine? <laughs> I guess not. Um, and then Denny also called out NASCAR for fining teams um, for lug nut infractions. The lug nut fine is stupid. Yeah. I agree with him. It's like, whatever. They had a loose lug nut. Why is that a fine? And why will they rule that one so religiously every freaking race they're always like oh you had a loose lug nut and it's always it's always at least one joe gibbs driver always <laughs> there's always one that has a loose lug nut you would be correct because the number 18 and number 19 were penalized this week for loose <laughs> it's lug always nuts. truex truex always has a loose yeah. lug nut. i yeah i wonder if they're just like okay well i don't think they're doing this but 
you know, they're like, screw it, like $10,000 is worth an extra few places. Uh, Denny actually said, no, they don't do that. But, um, you know, NASCAR collected $80,000 worth of fines this week from 10 lug nut penalties. And that's just a lot of money, especially for like these NASCAR Xfinity Series teams where $5,000 for a fine is, is, a, is a good deal. Huh. Hello? Oh, okay. I thought I lost you. That's very... I don't know. It's so dumb. They really like rule that religiously and then other things are just thrown out the window and throw it at the wall and maybe it sticks and maybe the fans like it. Spoiler, the From fans the hate it. To the wall! <laughs> The, fan, the fans are suffering, you know, they, they don't like seeing this crap, and maybe it, maybe it's a reason why, I mean, I don't know exactly why NASCAR has such view issues, as in, like, their viewing numbers have been decreasing and decreasing mm-hmm. and decreasing, and maybe it's because there's so much gray area, maybe they're not marketing it well enough, I don't know what it could be. Did you see the viewing uh, numbers for this week? Yeah, they were down again compared to last year. Yeah, it was year. like 4.2 million viewers here from comparable to the third race slot. They had 4.8 last year. Yeah, that's a pretty and big drop-off. Cup is down 10% again. However, Xfinity is at a multi-year high yet again. Well, because it's, the racing product is just better. It's almost like the package in Xfinity is more exciting. <laughs> I like how you have this all like getting ready. Like, <laughs> what did you free write this before the podcast? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, you're right. The package is better. The racing is better, and that is why fans are starting to watch the Xfinity series more. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few fans out there that you know just watch the Xfinity series. Xfinity because series is so freaking fun. It's, it's entertaining so every week. I would also prefer to bet on the Xfinity series than I would the Cup series. Yeah, right. And it's a little bit more predictable. Well, there's there's a few reasons. I mean, one, if a driver gets in the wall, it's not the end of their day. But that composite body that they're actually going to in the 2021 package, um, in the Cup series, I can't wait but, for the 2021 package. Oh, me neither. But with that composite body, it doesn't cut down tires when you get down in the wall, unless you get in the wall like super hard. Yeah. Um, that makes the racing more exciting. No one wants to see their driver, you know, slap the wall on turn five and be out for the rest of the race or blow a tire the next lap and freaking destroy no their front end. No one wants a fragile car. No, we want cars <laughs> they can freaking beat the hell out of. We need some I mean, Richard Petty and Daniel C- uh, Dale Sr. type cars again where they can just drive into the wall, drive into bumpers, wreck a car almost like Demolition Derby style and still win the granite, race. <laughs> granite, that being said... We, we do, of course. We want a little bit of finesse. Like, I don't think a driver should be hitting the wall every lap and winning the race. But mm-hmm. that being said, it's it's just more entertaining racing when they can also pass each other on a freaking green flag cycle at a mile and a half track. Because in this Cup Series, and we'll see it more. We won't see it as much at Homestead, but we'll see it more when we get to a track like Texas, when it's basically just you know line up, boys. We're gonna run five laps at this speed, and no one's gonna pass each other. That after, dirty air kills. After the first two laps. It does. It kills. And it sucks when, especially, you know, when the leader has clean air and, you know, the guy in second is trying to pass him. He'll get right up to his bumper all day. He'll, he'll yeah, be able he to drive pass. right up behind him. But he just can't get around him because of that dirty air um, on the nose is just detrimental to stock car racing. NASCAR should find itself um, and really figure out what the hell, why can't they put that package in the Cup Series and make it more entertaining. 
Yeah, they really do need to, and hopefully 2021 is like a new light for them. And so far from the rumblings I've been hearing about the car and all that, I mean, we saw video clips of what the car looked like around the road course and sounded like. It looks like a really nice car, and it looks like it's going to have some fun. has less horsepower. I'm not worried about that. I'm really just worried about having hard racing again, where you can go into the wall, like you said, and be fine, and all of that, really, just to bring racing back on the map a little bit, and I really hope it brings viewing numbers up. Yeah, I do too, and, you know, it honestly surprises me a lot that the viewership numbers are going down, because I feel like we are actually getting really good racing, or we have gotten really good races over the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um... And so far, maybe this is, you know, Fox's best season ever so far. Um, so I'm a little surprised that the viewership numbers still continue to go down, especially because I feel like NASCAR is becoming to get is becoming more and more popular against amongst people our age. Um, okay. So I wonder if this is just a transitionary stage where, you know, we're losing those older fans. Yeah. But are we in that middle ground? Like we're losing more fans than we're getting right now, but soon that'll like reverse. Like, is this I, like a yeah, cup and it, it kind of just depends. I've never really looked at the demographics, right? Obviously, the older fans have been dropping off more and more. And I don't know if newer fans are actually coming in and if we're in, like, this transitioning period of waiting for younger fans to come back in. Yeah, I think, I think you know, it's, it's for me, like, it's weird because, like, I have a lot of friends um, that, you know, didn't used to watch the sport that are now, like, watching the sport religiously with me yeah um so like from my personal perspective like i see people like i see the sport growing in my own circles but you know on a, on a global scale or a nationwide scale it's just not getting that exposure uh, i don't know if that's because of the money i don't know like what the issue is i don't know if they're not promoting it right uh obviously this is a question that they're probably trying to figure out too is you know how do you balance entertainment and stock car racing um and that's going to be been a debate for a while right is a lot of fans and a lot of fans will disagree with what i'm about to say but like a lot of fans can say like oh they're trying to go more for the entertainment side by having all these playoff stuff and having all these different factors come into the race and they're really focusing on that entertainment and a lot of fans jump ship i mean one of our good friends, Kyle Doctor, jumped ship because of that. <laughs> yeah. And he couldn't take it anymore. He was so tired of NASCAR making up rules as they go and changing everything and making it so that was very entertainment-based. I think NASCAR is just chasing after entertainment a little too hard right now. I think they're losing sight of what made the sport so fun, and it's racing. And I think they're really trying to get into that entertainment factor of, like, fans want to see this and that, and they want to see wrecks and they want to see all this other stuff happen and i think they're just focusing way too hard on it i think i think nascar needs to stop focusing so much on the fan base here at home and yeah i i don't know i'm looking at the formula one numbers right now and in 2020 the average viewer or the average audience um you know television audience per Grand Prix was Grand Prix, whatever you want to call it. Grand Prix in 2020 was 87.4 million. Well, yeah, Formula Formula 1 goes over across every nation. Million, exactly. So maybe, 
maybe NASCAR is just attacking the wrong audience. Maybe the American market is not the correct target audience for stock car racing anymore. And I understand it's NAS, it's you know, it's the nation's greatest motorsport. And I'm not saying it can't still be that, but maybe NASCAR needs to start looking at at the world. Uh, if we could start drawing in viewers from Mexico and Canada and, you know, China, for a while there, China and Japan were great audiences for NASCAR, and it, it, NASCAR kind of gave up on those abroad audiences. Yeah. Um, so maybe NASCAR does need to, you know, race in, have a race in Germany or race in South Africa or Cape Cod or somewhere that traditionally, you know, and maybe money-wise it doesn't make sense right away. But in the but long run, the when line, you're getting yeah. that global sponsorship money, you're increasing your viewership to, I'm not saying they're going to match Formula One's 87.4 million viewers per grand period or per race, but if you could just boost your numbers to an eighth of that or a tenth of that, <laughs> you are doubling your viewership. And I don't know, this might be super outlandish, and obviously we're not looking at the logistics, the money cost of having a race overseas and having to ship those cars overseas, but how about an all-star race? How about the top teams have an all-star race in in Italy, in Monaco? They, that would they, be so they fun. build a freaking track in Monaco. And the winner, how about this? The winner gets sponsorship, a sponsor, a sponsor, a title that sponsor. Be, that'd be kind of You know, nuts. NASCAR finds a global sponsor and says, okay, hey, we need, we need a sponsor to uh, uh, basically a per sponsor. So if, if, Denny Hamlin or Chase Elliott wins this race, you have to sponsor their car for four races this year. See, you're you are promising promising these teams something huge, but also promising that sponsor a a huge endorsement. Like if this entire race is focused on that sponsorship and what car they're going to be sponsoring, how freaking cool would that be? That would be and, insane. Like auctioning off a sponsor, that would be something that's like never done either. Exactly. And I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking of this. As a 21-year-old college student sitting in my freaking apartment right now at 8.14 at night with no prior thought. And there are literally creative masterminds and, you know, industry specialists that I'm not saying they're not trying to do something like this or that they haven't thought of stuff like this. But it's just frustrating from an outsider's or a fan's point of view when it just doesn't feel like NASCAR is trying to do something bigger than the sport. Yeah. And it just feels like they're focusing too much on these fads and, oh, we're going to put underglow under these cars and, you know, the, oh my God, the millennials are going to so love dumb. it. It was, was so ridiculous. Dumb. I was at the race. Yeah, it was a great were. race. And it was just like, it was just like, I was interested. Like, I thought it would be cool to see the first time and like, maybe the last time, but like, it didn't make the racing better. It didn't create a better. What do you on- mean? Yeah. Like, cool. <laughs> It didn't make you know maybe for Lightning McDowell it was cool, but for everybody else it was just kind of a gimmick. And you know what made that racing that made, made that race great is when freaking Michael McDowell and Bubba Wallace made contact going into three, and Bu- Bubba Wallace wrecked. Yeah. yeah, didn't he leave the bumper that race in the yeah in the pit? That was so funny. Yeah, yeah, I believe that was Michael McDowell. I could be wrong, but it was definitely Bubba Wallace and some other driver. Um, yeah, I don't remember who else it was. But but seriously, I'm a 21-year-old college student thinking of this idea in my bedroom at 8.15 at night now. Um, it's just frustrating that NASCAR just can't seem to do something that, or bring something like this to to the sport. 
It is. It really is. I really hope they have something in the works. I don't know. But for now, they have. it seems like they haven't really been doing something. I mean, obviously, we don't know the behind the scenes, and they really could be, and maybe they have this grand phase of plans coming in, but we just have to wait and see, and hopefully they come up with something up through their sleeve. But it's all just a waiting game, dude. And NASCAR, if you're listening to this podcast and you like my idea, feel free to steal it. Um, you don't have to credit me. Yeah, but, no credit. Right. You just need to give them a job. Yeah, a job would be cool, an internship. I'm not trying to bash you, NASCAR. I love you guys. Um, I'm just, you know, critiquing it from an analyst point of view. <laughs> um, but that's an, you know, that just made me think of something else entirely. Is that okay? So media that covers like NFL or NBA is very unbiased. Like, yeah, it is. I, it just feels like NASCAR media, like Fox Sports and NBC Sports, um, and their race hub shows, and um, you know, they it just seems like NASCAR kind of controls what they say a little bit. And I, I don't feel know like what they kind of always talk they about the same drivers over and over again. Which is okay because at the end of the day, you don't have like 300 players in the NFL to pull from, so you only have like a select amount of drivers. But it just feels like sometimes these sports are like, or sorry, these media sources are like backing nascar completely it just feels like they agree with everything nascar does um sometimes and i think from a fan's point of view that's frustrating too because you're like really dale if you don't agree with it just say it yeah just like come out and say it what what are you worried about yeah Man. but i mean they won't do it on air but then they'll go on twitter and like you know complain about something or like in junior's podcast till constantly like ripping a nascar and in the Dale Jr. download and all that, he like he'll rip into it a little bit, and yeah, it's just say it on air, dude. I don't care if they pay your checks. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I completely agree. It just feels like they put that face on, and it's kind of like I don't know. I don't like. I want them in the booth. To be honest, I want the drivers. If like out of anybody, you kind of expect the, the former drivers to be brutally honest about the sport. Um. And I'm not saying they haven't been. It just feels like it's kind of like just, I don't know. It just feels like they're not all there all the time, especially when yeah. they're critiquing the sport or the drivers. Um, I don't know. That's just my two cents, though. What do you think? I think so as well. It's just you don't often get it. They've been recently doing two for Xfinity and stuff um, last week, and I think Eric Almarola was like one of the one of the commentators for the race and stuff and like everything he was saying was just like straight out of like a nascar puppet and i was just like and his analysis was just boring to begin with he was really just talking about like very bare bones things <laughs> and it's just like i don't know they constantly will just tow never tow the line they're always just gonna or never tow the line i should say as in like they don't want to step into the other side they're always going to stay on the side of nascar and it's it's kind of annoying let me let me get some pizzazz and some commentating yeah and uh to speak like give a great example of this you know did you see what mike joy put on twitter this week oh dude mike joy my boy i love mike joy absolutely well. absolutely ripped ripped into uh who was it i forget uh ripped into noah uh, no, Gregson. Gregson. Yeah, Gregson. Gregson. Um, really ripped into him, and I was like, "Heck yeah, dude, you're the man." <laughs> kind of, you know, 
obviously it was kind of a subtweet for whatever you want to call it, but he also ripped into like a guy like Joey Logano. Yeah, because Joey Logano's always been a privileged kid. And for those of you who do- didn't see his tweet, um, he-, he tweeted out, Our sport has always had funded drivers, but it's a high time a few of these privileged kids, powered by daddy's pile of cash, realize this whole sport doesn't exist just to make their dreams come true. Take some time to learn from those who've worked their way to the top. Worked in all caps. So, uh, yeah, he laid into a few drivers, for sure. <laughs> Uh, but that's like the personality we want on TV. Like that's what we're asking for. Yeah, Mike Joy, give it to me. <laughs> like, and they're not. They're not going to do that because you know they got to be professionals and whatever. But that's the personality we need in the sport. We need Clint Boyer in the sport, just going out on a tangent. Like I need to hear Clint Boyer just completely just blow up about someone. Like if he doesn't like what he sees, Clint Boyer, tell me you don't like what you see. Jeff Gordon used to be the hardest freaking one of the roughest guys on the racetrack and now he's just a softie in the booth and it's just like come on <laughs> come on give me the personality that made you famous in the early 90s yeah and like, he's just like a little on. soft boy now and it's, it's just frustrating like, oh clint's been so bringing a little bit out of him and, but he has but i just want i just need more i need more passion and maybe that plays into why fans aren't interested because every freaking race they have to do a segment where they teach us about side drafting. I don't want to <laughs> learn about side drafting anymore. I'm sick we of already, it. We already know how side drafting works. Dude, when they do the cutaway model, the cutaway car, and talk about side drafting for like three laps straight, I literally freak out now. Like it just yeah, pisses me off. The green or arrows they... and the red arrows of the dirty air and the clean air going around yeah. the car. And... Or if, if they're at like a, a short track, they'll talk about brake temps. And it's just oh like, how often in NFL do they explain the rules where they cut away up the, the field? They don't do it. Why are we doing that in NASCAR? There's only 4.2 million viewers, and they're all, all like, and they're they, all the same people that come back. Exactly. Every week. If the viewership <laughs> is decreasing, that means there's not new fans watching the sport right now, which means there's old fans, which means you don't have to explain the same shit every week, and which means that in the end, you're just wasting our time and creating less viewers. Sorry. Yeah, and especially the new viewers don't care about technical stuff either. They just want to like learn. They just want to watch a race. They don't no, care about like the technical care. stuff. Once you get more into the sport, then you start caring about the technical stuff that goes around but the car. At that point, they'll learn from themselves. The YouTube stuff. They'll yeah, look stuff exactly. up. Exactly. They'll ask their friends. Like in reality, no one's gonna just turn on a NASCAR race and watch it by themselves for the first time ever. They're no. gonna do it with a buddy who's watched the sport. They're gonna go over to their buddy's house, have a few beers, and watch and watch the NASCAR race. Of course, and that's and how it always lo- goes. And, and and I understand, like, okay, maybe like one in ten new fans or one in twenty new fans doesn't understand it and won't be able to ask someone. But for the majority, it's just frustrating and it's just a waste of my time. Uh, I don't know. That's just my rant. I apologize. It is, it is a waste of our time to move a little bit off of the rant to cool you off a little bit here let me try and cool you off a little throw some throw the douse of gatorade on you for some let me hear a bold predictions things to watch from you in this las vegas week yeah this is going to be an interesting week for sure um for all the reasons we said before about this being more of a cookie cutter mile and a half full prediction um yeah, that's that's hard. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm gonna say my bull prediction is that 
Kyle Busch finishes outside the top 15. Is that okay? okay. I feel like, I no. That's that's, I think his stats here are decently good. Yep. Kyle Busch's fantasy points-wise, I have that up, so let's go off this. He's 7th in fantasy points. He's done 9 races here. Um... And the last nine he's done, he's been in the top 10 five times, top five three, led 120 laps with an average finish of ninth, almost 10th. So that would be a bold prediction, I would say, just because he's also been racing decent. You know, he finished in 10th last weekend. Um, so he has some, he's got some wheels behind him. He's getting a little confidence back. I would say it's a, a fair assessment, a fair, bold prediction. Yeah, and that's why I'm just going to go with that uh, I don't I think another one you could say um, but I'll I'll label it as a thing to watch is we gotta watch those RCR boys again oh uh, yeah we do we gotta watch Austin Dillon and we gotta watch Daniel or sorry we have to watch Reddick I'm Tyler more Reddick. excited to watch Reddick to be honest I'm excited to see what both of them could do because this isn't the best track for Tyler Reddick if you look mm-hmm. at the stats I mean he only has right race here twice um but he didn't finish inside the top 15 in either one of those races. The second race here, he actually crashed, um, so maybe that's not a fair assessment. But Austin Dillon, he does rank in the top 10 in average finish here. Um, He's got an average finish of, oh, sorry, not an average finish, but um, in fantasy points. In average finish here, he's got 15.8, so nothing great, but he does have two top fives and two top tens. Um. So I don't know. We'll what have do you to think? see, dude. I think that's. I don't know. We'll just really have to see and how it plays out. Honestly, I know it's a safe answer. To <laughs> what I'm saying, but after these three weeks, I feel like that's just the situation we've been in this whole time. So. Yeah, for sure. Um. <clears throat> that's it's really just rough. What What do you got for your bull prediction? Bull predictions slash things to watch. I'll kind of do a double whammy here. Um, I think, honestly, someone to watch. I'm playing to my bias again. I think Bowman's somebody to watch here at Las Vegas. His last four Vegas starts, he's had top 13 finishes, an average of eighth of finish for his last four. Last year, he actually had the sixth fastest car on the green lap um, in speed and was actually running down Ryan Blaney. So... I think Bowman is certainly somebody to watch, but for bold prediction, I did some digging before this episode to see the last 10 races that were ran here um, at, uh, why am I forgetting the name of the track? Help me out, help Las me Vegas. out, help me out. Yeah, at Las Vegas. <laughs> the last... <laughs> yeah, I've done research on, uh, what track? What track have I done research on? The last 10 races here, and sometimes there's been double of us racing at Las Vegas twice in one year. Um... The last 10, Toyota has only won twice out of the last 10 races here. Mm -hmm. So my bold prediction is a Toyota camp wins, but obviously you want a driver, right? You want me to say a driver that's going to win this. uh, And I'm going to go against your prediction and say Kyle Busch (laughs) wins the Las Vegas race. Wow, all right. That's uh, okay. I like that. I like that, how we have both both sides of the spectrum I'm he's the biggest boy right him right and kurt they're both the they're from vegas so i feel like i don't know kurt won it last year at the last time he went to vegas i think kyle wants to one-up his his bigger his older brother and uh 
Toyota hasn't been so hot here, and I think it's time for them to get a little hot, and I think they have a shot. So you know how I'm going to absolutely ruin that for you? Yeah, just tell I'm me a stat, you but you're just going to be like, yeah, whatever. Okay, so in the last eight events at Las Vegas, six of those Vegas winners have fired off or start the race in the top ten. Um, and this is, these are actually stats that NASCAR analyst uh, Taryn Wack actually put out on NASCAR.com. Yeah, I'm still sticking but, my guns. So I don't care what you say. <laughs> but, okay, so I'm, I gave you that stat. Um, we're just Kyle Busch lineup, not in the top ten. Yeah, and neither did McDowell these last three weeks. So, <laughs> you're just ignoring the stats they gave you. <laughs> what's even What's even funnier about that is that, um, you know, the two winners who weren't in the top ten, and mm-hmm. one of those was a Toyota Truex, and the yep. other was Brad Keselowski, who has um, two or three wins here, um, but. Yeah, this track is a lineup oriented track and I just don't I don't I don't believe in Kyle Bush. Well, they call it bull predictions for a reason. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and we will circle back. It's crazy that in twenty twenty or sorry, it's twenty twenty one. It's crazy that in twenty twenty one we consider Kyle Bush winning a bull prediction. Uh, <laughs> well after a stinker like... of twenty twenty, you know, it's kinda kinda well, hard it's not to literally just one year ago. NASCAR was making a big deal about him winning his like 200th national series win, mm-hmm. and then what literally happened? one year ago, and then the pandemic <laughs> hit, and he hasn't won much since. But uh, yeah, I think I think we should go off, you know, sway away from bull prediction here. Let's talk about regular predictions. Um, I I only have one Toyota finishing in the top ten this week. Is it Truex? It. Is Truex. <clears throat> so you don't yep, even have Denny right. going in the top ten. I I no no I don't have him finishing in the top ten this week. Hmm. Interesting. I mean he he is like okay at Vegas, right? He, his stats aren't like bad, but they're not like it's on his best track. Well, let's I just take say. a look. So he <clears throat> Toyota's really him. struggled here, obviously, right? It's been a Ford and Chevy show dominant in Las well, Vegas. Everyone except for Truex has struggled here from that camp. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Um, he's the only one who's been able to get it done over the last, you know, series or last few races. But you know, Denny Hamlin here, he has two top fives um, in the last ten races. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, ten races. Um, an average finish of thirteen point six. Nothing special going on there, and just four top tens in ten races. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, so it's just it's like it's mediocre. Nothing glamorous. Yeah. Um, granted, he, in the fall, he finished third, but his three finishes before that were seventeenth, fifteenth, and tenth. Uh, it's just it's just nothing inspiring. And just, <clears throat> they can't seem to get it done for some reason at this track. No. And like I said, I don't think Cobb Bush is gonna win. I said he's gonna finish outside the top fifteen. Um, Christopher Bell, you know, kind of <sighs> disappointed last week. And Bubba Wallace has just been lackluster so far this season. So uh, I'm going to say only one Toyota is in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. <clears throat> With that being a Kyle Busch win. Yep. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, do you want to give me a prediction or do you just want to transition into fantasy? Uh, my prediction, honestly, just real quick, would just be I think Penske's boys wake up a little bit, honestly, this race. Um, I think Blaney 
Keslowski and Logano all have decent showings here this week, and I think they'll. That's going to be like my prediction is like those boys really kind of zoning in here, and I pray that Logano has a better chance. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to end up playing Logano this week. I really want Blaney to break out of his slump in these first three weeks and really show what he can do. Um, cause he's been pretty lackluster. He's what, like 28th in the points or something crazy. He's like yeah, nothing like, like he's like pretty bad. So I think just like people to watch prediction things, whatever is the Penske boys kind of come alive a little bit this weekend. All right. That's fair. Um, and I'll be able to give you stats on that soon. So that's probably a pretty good prediction. Um, let's transition into the fantasy segment of the show. The best segment of the tight on IG racing podcast. You know, last week, we got absolutely destroyed. <laughs> and I'm starting to think we are not the best sources of information. Uh, don't uh, listen to our guesses, please. <laughs> it's, it, they're not even guesses. Like, they're educated decisions. Uh, yeah. And, they just <clears> have and I'm tired of looking at statistics. I'm done. Off. I'm going off feeling. It's over. I don't care anymore. Every time I look at statistics these last three weeks, it's just shot me in the foot. Yeah, and I don't honestly don't even want to recap last week, but let's just say um, it did not end well for us. I finished tenth in our league with 157 points. You finished just ahead of me with 163. I made the boneheaded decision of taking Kyle Busch out of my lineup and putting Logano in before the end of the last stage. Logano freaking dropped like a rock. Kyle yep. Busch decided to move up to the top ten. Uh, bad decisions all around. I kept Bush in, and then I kept Logano in, and then I was kicking myself because I should have took Logano out because I had Reddick in my garage. Just just a frustrating week, and I don't even want to talk about it, going to be honest. I don't either. I'm still last in the uh, in the fantasy total. So, I mean. so let's move on to next week where our fans <laughs> will be able to take our advice and actually do something with it. This yes. week, I changed how I think about fantasy NASCAR completely. And I realized, so last season, and I kind of mentioned this early in the podcast, it became more of a game of, okay, what have you done for me lately? And last fantasy season, I really had to figure that out fast after the pandemic because I was losing points fast. I was looking at stats and, you know, it, they would still show me that Kyle Busch is going to finish and should finish in the top five. And, and then he, he didn't. would be nowhere to be seen. And same thing would happen with Truex and other guys that, were historically good at tracks and guys who weren't historically good at tracks were freaking winning races. Uh, so it became more of a game of what have you done for me recently? I didn't, I thought the season would be different because they had an off whole off season to compare notes, but it's and turning out to be the exact same thing. So yep. I'm adopting that mentality all over again, where it's what have you done for me recently? And for that, I'm looking at the last two races at Las Vegas. And I'm also looking at season stats and that's how okay. I'm making my lineup. So my first driver is actually Matt DiBenedetto. Nice. And I understand what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. He's been awful this season. But this is his rebound week. He has two top fives in the last two races here at Las Vegas with an average finish of 2.0. That means he's finished twice second at Las Vegas in the last two races here. Nice, nice. For that reason, I put him in my lineup. I got to go with the guy who I know has been great here over the last last season when you know we haven't had practice um and i understand i'm kind of hip being a bit of a hypocrite because i'm going off the stats at the same time i'm looking at more recent stats in the last two races so my first guy is matt de benedetto okay 
My second guy is Kurt Busch. Nice, so I got is, him. That's where I agree here. Yeah, this is definitely. I mean, he was the winner here last last uh, fall, so the most recent winner here, and he has been racing really well this season. I mean, he's six uh, in the points. He's doing he's really six well. Six in the points. He he looked like he was going to be contending for a top five for most of the race this past week. Uh, before uh, did he have a late mishap? What happened? I don't. I I think he had a penalty. I don't remember what penalty it was. I don't remember what it was specifically, but it looked like he was contending for a top five for a while. So he's in my lineup. Next guy is Kevin Harvick. Yeah, Um, I got him too. Just a dominant pick. You got to go with him, especially at a track at like Las Vegas. I might have Uh, to throw De Benedetto in now. You got me. You got me thinking. Got you thinking. Kevin Harvick, last two races here, has an average finish of 9.0. He is currently second in the points. Uh, so that fits both my categories. What have you done for me recently? What did you do last year? Next okay. guy is Kyle Larson. Don't okay. have a great sample size from last year, but he has showed speed consistently throughout this season. How many times He's have you guy. used Larson? I've used him twice already. Okay. And I don't care. I, I'm using him because I'm just mired down, and I just need to figure out Because I have how to Larson in my garage right now based on I obviously the sample size isn't good that's why I kind of took into into account him being in garage and I kind of want to see what he can do a little bit through first two stages and then kind of throw him in and also because I used him twice already but at the same time I'm last in the league so I'm not trying to be conservative <laughs> yeah I, I feel that completely um, and I'm kind of thinking the same way is like right now I, I need to figure out how to score points before I can be conservative mm-hmm. um because right now I'm not scoring the points I need to be scoring. Uh, my next guy is Martin Truex. Yeah, I got him. He's been racing relatively well. He finished third in Homestead. Um, uh, average finish of 12.0 over the last two races here, so last season. But, you know, you look deeper at that, and 12.0 doesn't sound all that great. Uh, but he finished freaking 20th um, last last spring. Um, I'm not really sure why, but I, if I had to guess, that was probably a speeding penalty or some sort of penalty because he was he did start that race from second um, and actually ended up leading one lap before just having a pitiful rest of the race. But in this in the fall, he he actually finished fourth after starting eleventh. So um, I'm taking that confidence into the new year, and I'm riding with Truex. Nice. Who's your fifth? Well, that was my five. That was your and five? Then, okay. Yeah, and then my garage is Kyle Busch. So you had Truex, Kurt Busch, Harvick, Larson, and Matt Benedetto. Okay, and then who's your garage pick? My garage is Kyle Busch, but as I look at this, I am think I'm going to change that. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still trying to think. I had two differing guys here, and I'm not sure. These are also kind of placeholders for me because I didn't finalize this week yet. I mean, we don't have to until five minutes before the race Sunday anyway. Mm-hmm. Was I had Truex, Harvick, and Bush. And then I went to Keselowski. And I'm not sure how I feel about him yet. I haven't used him at all yet this season. Yeah, and he kind of he's been okay so far. Um, I stayed away from Logano, and my fourth pick right now as a placeholder is, like, Ryan Blaney, but I was like, I don't think I'm using Ryan Blaney, and honestly, I might switch him out for DiBenedetto. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
I'm like looking at it right now, and I want to switch Kyle Busch, um, and I honestly think I'm going to. And I think what would your guy, garage pick be? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna throw Alex Bowman in. That's what I'm thinking about too, because he's got sleeper odds right now. I don't know if I want to use him. I know Phoenix is a good track for him. It's also his home track is Phoenix next weekend. So I'm not sure. I haven't used him as all yet. I'm going to use him. I've uh, used him once, so I mean, I could, you could. I could throw him, I could throw him you in could. a little bit. You could pull the trigger on that one. But you know what? That's it. Blaney's getting taken out. We're putting Bowman in. Bang. So for your bonus picks then, do you have, do you have Kyle Busch winning? Uh, no, that was just a bold prediction. I'm not that oh, stupid. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. It's, good to, it's good to hear. I'm glad you're stepping up in this category. <clears throat> my race, my race winner was Harvick again. Okay. I don't, I, did, I just felt like a safe. I was actually kind of flip-flopping between him, Logano, and Keselowski. <laughs> yeah, I also had Harvick. Uh, it okay. just seems like he's also, I think he's the favorite right now. Yeah, he is the favorite, so. Okay. So I just went with, like, uh, favorite, whatever. So who do you have as your top Ford, then? Top Ford is uh, Harvick, yeah. I went double down on that. And then gotcha. my top Chevy was Larson. My top Toyota was Denny, just because in case Truex kind of poops the bed. I yep, was like, I can only trust there. Denny. Winning manufacturer, I put Ford. And winning team kind of went with my things to watch uh, for predictions. Uh, Penske is my winning team because I think Penske comes alive a little bit. I'm just trying to cover all my tracks and get points where I can since I'm really fighting for points. Yeah. I had I had Chevy winning the race. Okay. Um I, I think You can't based go wrong on what with I saw, those manufacturers. Yeah, I mean the only one you can really go wrong with is Toyota with the lack of Toyotas in the field. Mm-hmm. But looking at the performances last week there were five bow ties in the top ten. Um, so maybe we, when we said the Chevy camps week, maybe we were wrong because there were three Chevys in the top four. Well, obviously the Chevy camp listens to our podcast and they heard us talking yeah. crap and then they were like, we'll show those guys. And then I actually just changed my team because of what you just said. And yeah, woo, I had, woo, woo. I had Joe Gibbs team in, um, but I put team Penske in. Because I think you're right. I think this. Is I think be they a good come alive. I think this is the race they come alive. Yeah, and I. Well, if you actually, if you have looked at my or our Twitter recently at Entry Tight, you will see that early in the week we tweeted something about Fords and Penske specifically at Las Vegas. A Ford has won six of the last ten races at Vegas, and five of those Fords have been Team Penske. That means fifty percent of the races since 2014 have been won by Penske. So obviously, if you go off statistics, it's a good idea. But as we said, your yes. philosophy now is, what have you done for me recently? Yeah, so, but bonus picks are a little different. Bonus picks are a little different, right? So you're they're, just they're a, little, they're a little spicier. They, they are a little, little salt spicy. on them. Ooh, a little salt, a little pepper, little a little paprika, <laughs> little lightning Ooh. queen on them, a little lightning dowel. <laughs> but uh, I think that's all we have this week. So thank you guys for listening to the Tight on Entry Racing podcast hosted by John and Alex. If you enjoyed the podcast, please drop a follow and a like and go check our Twitter page at Entry Tight where we post NASCAR-related stats, news, rumors, and more. Peace out.